Tonight, I want to say a huge thank you. The Bible says to give honor where honor is due, and I don't know about you, but I have thoroughly enjoyed the creative genius behind the American Horror Story that we have experienced for the past three weeks, and I want to thank Pastor Juan for, for leading us. So proud of him and, and so honored to serve next to him, but let's pray. God, I thank you. For each and every person in this room, I thank you for your presence. God, we're ready in this moment to hear from you. God, I don't want to talk about you tonight. I want to talk for you. God, I want your word to come forth, God, and I want these ears in our hearts to be moldable and to be sensitive to what you have to say to us tonight. It's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Tonight, I, I want to share just why we do what we do. Jubilee and I had the opportunity just a few weeks ago to counsel with a young lady. This, that Juan said, this is the real American horror story. This is the real story that we hear on a regular basis. We were talking with this young lady, and she was explaining to us how um, four years ago she made a mistake. Four years ago. Not just last week, but four years ago, she made a mistake, and, and a video was created, and, and the next thing she knew, she's minding her own business at a football game, and the next thing she knows is a whole row of her peers, a whole row of her friends have this video pulled up on their phones, and they're like, hey, is this you? And in that moment, the the thing that has been haunting her for four years was exposed to all of her friends and in that moment every single one of them were laughing at her pointing at her thinking man oh my goodness look sharing it with their all of her friends and in that moment she was broken and destroyed emotionally and in counseling with us she said I, do, I, I was seriously considering taking my own life I'm here tonight to tell you this is exactly why we have such a passion for you guys because life is hard. Being a student is not easy. School is a war zone. That's, that's a good place to say amen because y'all know better than I do how hellish it can be walking down the halls. Tonight we're addressing the deadly sin of pride and greed, the, the lust for more attention, the greed to have all the attention on you at the expense of others. Pride is defined as a preoccupation with yourself. It's a self-centered self-esteem that neglects to see the value in others. And unfortunately, we are given many examples of pride today. I can think just, just by watching the presidential election debates Unfortunately, we're, we're given an example of two leaders who very well may, one of them will be the next leader of our free world, and, and they're so full of pride and arrogance. They spend the majority of their time downing one another instead of actually talking about things that need to change in our country. It's such a disgrace. It's such, I'm sorry, can I apologize to you for the older generation who are giving you that example because that's not how leaders should act. 
We should have humble spirits. And I want to start tonight off by saying humility will unlock favor and blessing in your life that talents and abilities alone cannot. Man, I am so honored to be in a room packed full of such talented and incredible young men and women. You guys are the most incredible people on the face of this planet. I believe that with all of my heart. We have the most gifted, the most favored, the most talented, the greatest students in the whole world in this room tonight. That's you. But hear this tonight. Your talents and your abilities will only take you so far. What makes a great leader is not my ability to communicate. I realize that my main responsibility is this. It is to be as close to Jesus as I possibly can be. It's to humble myself every day of my life in his presence. I'm a great leader because I am a great follower of our great God. That's what makes me anything significant because guess what, guys? I am a sinner that is saved by grace just like you. The scriptures tell us that when Jesus realized that all power and all authority had been given to him, the scripture said that he humbled himself and washed the feet of those he was closest to. I'm just thinking to myself, when, when we walk down the halls of our school, y'all know these people, that they are so cool. They're so full of themselves. They look so good that when you look at them and try to acknowledge them, they're like, Psh, can you believe she just tried to talk to me? Y'all know these people. They, they brush their little hair and flaunt their stuff around. They think they're all, uh, yeah, I scored the winning touchdown. Kiss my feet. That's not the example that Jesus gives. The example Jesus gives is that when good things happen, when our abilities and our talents are exemplified by the Holy Spirit, then we turn and we humble ourselves and serve one another. That's what godly men and women do. See, I love Jesus with all my heart, and I submit myself humbly to him daily. I'm a sinner, and the only power that I possess is because of the power of the Holy Spirit that has been given to me through the cross of Jesus Christ. That's the only good thing about this man. I'm hungry to have his heart, and I'm obedient to his word. The reason I'm a good leader is because I'm a good follower, young person. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. So if you're in this room and you're hungry for elevation, you're hungry to be lifted up, you're, you're hungry to, to be all that you're created to be, then I've come to tell you a, a different message tonight. It's time to humble yourself, not be full of pride. You're not as good as you think you are because only the humble are lifted up by Jesus. Amen. I said amen. amen. Praise God. James chapter 4, verse 6, it says, very black and white, God op oppresses, opposes, and brings low the proud, but gives grace to the humble. It's very simple. God will take you down. I want to tell you tonight that if your ambition to be number one is at the expense of others, prepare to be humbled by God. If your, if your ambition to be number one is at the expense of your peers, of, of the people that God has surrounded your life with. Get ready because God will humble you one way or the other. He opposes the proud, 
A judgmental mindset that degrades and devalues people is birthed out of selfish pride. Approximately 160,000 teens skip school every day because of bullying. About 15% of high school students are bullied electronically through social media on a monthly basis. That's not just one time, but that's occurring over and over and over. 15% of this room are getting ragged on and tore apart on social media on a monthly basis. 49% of middle through high school students are being bullied by other students at school at least once in the past month. And out of those almost 50%, 38% of those reported what happened. So the reality is this, you are in such a hostile environment that we don't even know how far reaching the extent of this prideful arrogance and bullying and degrading one another goes. The statistics are off because only a portion of the people who are dealing with this are even reporting it. The dropout rate has multiplied drastically due to bullying. It's the, one of the number one reasons students are dropping out of school is they can't handle the pressure anymore. Students who are bullied are seven to nine times more likely to consider suicide if they're bullied on a regular basis. Tonight, the American Horror Story is a generation of young people who are too proud to care about the needs and emotions of the people around us. We're too proud to care about who's sitting to our left and to our right. But I'm so grateful because this ministry, Real Life Student Ministries, is full of young men and women who are going to reject the selfish pride that sneaks into our lives. And we, as a generation in Columbus, Georgia, we're going to rise up and humble ourselves before a great God. And we're going to say, we're going to love everybody. We're going to care about everybody's needs. It doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't matter what their economic social status is. It doesn't matter if they can't buy the, the popular clothes. It doesn't matter. I'm going to put my needs above their needs, and I'm going to humble myself because I know that's the only way that I can truly be elevated in this life. I used to walk home from elementary school when I was young. It it was back in the day when it was actually safe to do that. And uh, there was a route that I could take. I could actually, the the baseball field at my elementary school um, was right up against this home. And I could cut through the yard and be right on my road and just walk a few blocks down the road. And um, every day I would walk home and there was this kid about 10 houses down from mine. His name was John Cambruzzi. (laughs) I'll never forget John. Because every day that I would walk by his house, And every time that he was there before I got there, um, I would walk by, and every time I would walk by, he would curse me. Every time I would walk past, he would use profanities and and make fun of me and and tell me how stupid I was. And and he'd he'd actually invite me onto his property, said, I dare you to come in my yard because I'll beat the crap out of you. He was one of those kids. Crazy. Crazy. And, and John, he was, he was consumed with pride. He had so much pride in his life. But what John did not know is a biblical principle that I'm here to share with you tonight. Pride comes before major failure in our lives. 
Because what John didn't know is I am the brother of a eight year older than me, swoller than me, Brian Criswell. And my big brother, Brian, I mean, I'm in elementary school, so he is in his prime in high school. He was a varsity soccer player. He was ripped. He was big. He was muscular. He had that long, flowing, wavy hair. He looked good. The ladies liked him, and he was popular. And he heard about John Cambruzzi. I didn't tell him, but somebody let him know that John Cambruzzi was messing with his baby brother. And you better believe the next day he was at my school. And when that school bell rang and everybody was walking out of the, the, the doors of the school, my big brother Brian was like, where is this John? And I was, I was like, he's right there, Brian. <laughs> he's right there. He's right there. And you better believe that when my brother saw, he laid eyes on him and he, he marched right up on him and, and he grabbed him by the shirt, picked, lifted him up off of the ground, slammed him up against a brick wall, and said, you better believe, John Cambruzzi, if you ever mess with my little brother again, you're about to mess with me. And in that moment, John had a reality check because the pride comes before the fall. Looking back on this story, I know it's, it's funny and it's... You know, cool to think about, man, that's so awesome you had somebody to protect you. But guess what? I, looking back on this story and the multiple others who have put me down and looked at me with disdain, I've come to realize this real life. Hurt people tend to be the ones who hurt people. Hurt people are the ones who hurt people. The reality is this. John had a terrible home life. His dad wasn't there, and his mom was abusive verbally to him. He, he, he didn't have what most of us had. He was, in all reality, most of the time his clothes were dirty because they couldn't afford to wash them. And something was so broken, something was so hurt deep within him that it caused him to have such an elevated pride within his heart and within his spirit that he felt the need that if, if he was going to be ridiculed, he was going to fill up with pride and, and force the issue on someone else. Because hurt people hurt people. Tonight I've come to say there's no excuses for bullying. We're called to hate sinners, hate, hate sin and love sinners. People who have made fun of us. The Bible says that we're to pray for our enemies. I hope tonight we can realize that when people try to purposely cause us pain many times, that is because they are trying to cope with major pain that is in their own lives. Tonight, the story, if you've got your word, I'm going to show it on the screen, is in Matthew 26, the one passage of Scripture, the one character in God's word that exemplifies both pride and greed at the same time. It says this, while Jesus was in Bethany, in the home of Simon the leopard, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head, Jesus' head, as he was reclining. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant, and other, other gospels say it was Judas Iscariot that said this. He said, why this waste? This perfume could have been sold at a high price, and the money given to the poor. Tonight, Judas 
shows us that when pride begins to take over your life, you will begin to devalue those around you. When pride begins to take over, you will begin to devalue the very worship of God. You'll begin to devalue the things that are most precious to God. Because guess what? The person sitting to your left, to your right, in front of you, behind you, those are the most precious possessions of God Almighty. And if you begin to fill with selfishness and pride, you will begin to devalue those things. And, and here's the thing. One thing that gets under my skin so much, and I'm just going to be real with y'all tonight. One thing that makes me so upset is we even playfully and sarcastically cut each other down. I had, I had one of the, the pastoral staff members, Brad, was telling me, hey guys, guess what? He, he was talking one-on-one -on -one with me, and he said, guess what, Jonathan? I've heard you, you've been cut down a couple times. They're making fun of you. That means they like you at real life. You know how twisted that is? Because when we, when we get full of ourselves, when we think of ourselves as better than anyone else, that's pride. And so we've got to be careful that even in the relationships that we value the most, our closest companions and our peers that we consider our best friends that we'll live together with for the rest of our lives and keep in touch for the rest of our lives, you've got to be careful when you cut one another down because words can kill. What happens when pride begins to take root in your spirit is the lens you see people through will become distorted and you'll be disillusioned. What this woman was doing to Jesus and for Jesus was a beautiful thing. It was an expression of love and Jesus was allowing it because it was a genuine expression of love. I've come to challenge some of us in this room tonight. Don't be close enough to Jesus to hear his voice and see what he is doing and think that you are above what he says and what he does. Because in that moment, Judas was looking at Jesus, his mentor, his, his savior, and he was thinking to himself, man, I, th I don't think this is right. See, my Bible says that the student is never greater than the master. And Judas was so full of pride that he thought to himself, man, this guy is messed up in the head. I know better than him. It's like, it's like some of y'all who are like, man, I know I only got 16 years of life experience, but, but mom, you can, you can take what you got and keep it because I don't care. It's being close enough to, to selfishness and pride to think to yourself, man, they, they have been trained in God's word. They've been formally educated to decipher God's word. But guess what, pastor? Even though I know I can tell you love me, I'm going to live my life the way I want to live my life. It's a pride that, that comes. Don't be so close to Jesus that you can hear what he says and see what he's doing, but you don't want anything to do with it. Pride was taking over Judas's heart, and he actually thought he knew better than Jesus, the author and perfecter of life and faith. Judas said, why waste? This could have been sold and the money given for the poor. Guys, he wasn't saying this because he had a deep passion for poor people. He said this because he was greedy to have his good deeds seen by others. He wanted his name to be made great. See, pride says my opinion is the best and it's the only opinion that matters Pride says, I don't have to listen to leaders and authorities in my life because I got this. I know better. 
Their sacrifice and their act of worship is misguided and misplaced. Can I tell you guys tonight that prideful expressions are many times overcompensations from embarrassing deficiencies. Prideful expressions are many times overcompensations from embarrassing deficiencies. Have you all ever heard of, of little man syndrome? Yeah. Somebody's real short, and they want to come after the tallest guy in the room, right? Or how about the skinniest person in the room with the fastest metabolism, and they are cut up. Like, their muscles, you can see their muscles because all they got is bone and muscle, right? And they think they are so swole that they're constantly flexing on everybody, right? Little man syndrome. Can I tell you that in this passage of Scripture, what Judas was doing was actually speaking out of a lack of generosity. His pride, he was so full of himself that he was trying to point something out because he wasn't generous deep within. Can I tell you that he kept track of the finances for the, the, the disciples? And Scripture said many times he would take from the funds out of greed for his own. This woman was full of love for Jesus, and Judas was envious of her because she was doing what he would not do. Many of us in this room make fun of people for the simple reason that they have what we don't. You make fun of people because you want what they got, but you know you don't have the character to get it for yourself. It's embarrassing, so we feel the need to make up for it by putting them down. I've come tonight to help you see that pride and greed will blind you to the gift that's right in front of you. This woman was a beautiful gift to Jesus. It was an expression of worship that was taking place. It was powerful, yet Judas couldn't see it. I'm going to invite the rest of the band to come as we close. In this same way, I hope tonight that you can see your friends are a gift from God. Tonight, I hope somebody in this room gets the conviction of the Holy Spirit in their heart that your everyday conversation with your best friends need to be purified. You need to stop putting one another down. You need to start edifying one another and encouraging one another. You need to, as iron sharpens iron, so one friend can sharpen another. You need to speak life and not death in your circle of friends. Your group text needs to be put to a stop. If all it is is negative, if all it is is harshest, if all it is is cut downs you may be playing but someone in that group text is dying on the inside you have got to stop that because pride will blind you from the beautiful things that are right in front of you guys we have the most incredible gift in this ministry and sometimes we take it for granted because we're proud can I tell you that you can learn from people who are different than you. Let me say that again. You can learn from people who are different than you. Your family is a gift. Even your siblings that get on your last nerve, they are a gift from God to you. The people you don't get along with could be your truest and most faithful friends if you could just get over yourself to see the God-given potential they possess in them. The story continues in verse 10. Jesus, aware of this, says, why are you bothering this woman? You can keep playing. 
<laughs> I like it when Nathan plays. Jesus says, why are you bothering this woman? She's done a beautiful thing for me and to me. The poor you'll always have with you, but you'll not always have me. When she poured out this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Can I tell you that the people that have what you want the people that are different than you, the people that maybe you've made fun of from time to time, those are the people that Jesus talks about. Those are the people that has the attention of our Lord and Savior all the time. One gospel says that the men in the room thought to themselves, if Jesus knew what this woman had done in her past, he would not be okay with what she's doing now. But Jesus saying that everyone would hear what she has done must have caused Judas to burn up with anger. It must have caused them to go off the, the deep end because bad or unexpected news can set you off to say stupid things. Pride opens the door for Satan to manipulate you and bring destruction to those you should love the most. The story continues and it says that one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver, and from then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. I'm telling you tonight that if you allow this selfish pride, this ambition to, to be greedy for attention, to be greedy to be the most popular person, on your campus at the expense of others. One day it will lead you to disown and discard the one true Savior of this world and to turn your back on Him and to say, you know what, I got this. I can live this life on my own. I'd rather He die. Tonight, if you're in this room and you're being bullied, I want to tell you from the deep within my heart, I'm so sorry. God never intended for those words to be said to you. God never intended for those things to be done on social media to make you feel little. God created you for greatness. God created you to do something significant in this world. God created you to change the culture. God created you with gifts and talents and abilities like no one else on the face of this planet. Your DNA is a mark that you are special. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. There is no one else like you. And Jesus Christ loves you with his whole heart. I want you to stand to your feet, everyone in this room. If you're in this room right now, no one talking, no distractions. If you're in this room right now and you are at the bad end of a bad joke, if you're constantly being bullied, if you're like Andrew was in this skit and you don't want to go back because it's too hard to keep going, I've come to tell you that pride opens the door for Satan, but the people who have hurt you can be proven wrong if you will lay down your pride and pick up your purpose. If you will stop looking at your circumstance and say, you know what? 
Hurt people hurt people, so I'm going to brush that off my shoulders. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to pray for them. It may be under my breath because I may not be ready to be nice to them, but I'm going to walk on. I'm not going to punch them in the face like I want to. I'm going to live my life. I'm not going to allow their pride to cause me to have pride, and I'm going to pick up purpose for my life. I promise you. You begin to walk with purpose and not care about what other people think and only care about what Jesus thinks. And I bet you, I dare you to try it because the moment you begin to do that is the moment you're going to be looked at as a person of influence because the people around you are going to taste and see that God is good to you and they're going to want what you've got and they're going to want to follow you. They're going to want to be your friend. They're gonna, that's, that's the key. Lay down your pride and pick up your purpose if you've been ridiculed. Don't get sucked into the cycle of hurt people hurting people. The Bible says we pray for our enemies. When Jesus was being crucified, he announced to heaven and to earth, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And I don't know about you, but I want to be more like Jesus. So you may make fun of me all you want, but I love you. I care about you. I'm sorry that if you think this is a joke and you think this life can be lived without a Savior, you're wrong. I love you enough that even though you spit in the face of Jesus Christ every single day of your life by your words and by your deeds, I'm here tonight to say if you just would drop your pride tonight, young person, and lay it at the cross, he will give you an influence in your life like never before. He'll call you out to do great things that you wouldn't even dare to imagine. Habakkuk says, look and see that I'm going to do something in you that you wouldn't even believe if I told you that's the life that you're capable of possessing if you would just drop your pride and say, man, I really need this Jesus you're talking about tonight. So with every head bowed, every eye closed right now in this moment, no one distracting anyone, you're in this room and you know you have been so full of yourself, you've been so full of pride, you have been a tornado of destruction at your school, you have been constantly bullying and picking on people disregarding their soul because you want to be elevated yourself. I've come to tell you that you could be the worst of the worst. And Jesus, while you were yet a sinner, died for you. And all he's asking tonight, he's, he's asking for you to do a simple thing, and it's called repent. I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm going to walk into my school tomorrow morning, and I'm going to put a stop to the things that I've been doing, and I'm going to live my life different. And I promise you, if you will trust him, and believe that he can cleanse you of all unrighteousness. He'll change your life starting right now in this moment. So if you're in this room and you know your relationship with God, you have been spitting in the face of Jesus with your lifestyle. You've been telling him that you don't need him. Your pride, your, your ambition has been so full of yourself that you're saying, God, I don't need you. But tonight your, your spirit is being stirred by the presence of God that's in this place. And you recognize you're in a need for a savior tonight. I want you to raise your hand and hold it high. I want to pray with you right now. God bless you. I love you so much. Thank you so much for being honest. Don't let this moment pass you by. You've been, you're in need of a Savior. You've got sin in your life, and you need him to forgive you of all unrighteousness. Don't let this, let this opportunity thank you. I see you right now. Everybody in this room, say it loudly. Say it proudly. Dear Jesus, I love you tonight. I'm so sorry.
for how I viewed others. God, I pray that you would reveal right now all of the hurt that is in my own life that has caused me to hurt others. God, I pray right now that you would begin to heal, that you would begin to remove, that you would restore all the broken areas of my heart tonight. God, I pray that you would forgive me for thinking that I can live without you. You are my Savior. Thank you for dying on Calvary's cross, for taking the penalty that I deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's praise God. Praise God.